0: Good morning,
1: Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, on this dumb bleep is Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. He's not dumb himself. But I want to start the show out a little differently today. Okay?
2: Okay. Nate? Hey, what's well, up? Well, first of all, how you doing? I'm doing great. And then let me start How Howdy, Charlie. Well,
1: that's enough. Let me start it out a little differently. Okay. Okay. We were just in the live group. If you want to be a part of that, join gml.com.
2: This isn't different so far.
1: And uh, we were, Nate and I used to be musicians. We were talking about starting potentially a country metal duo (laughs) that the world has never seen. So I wanted to start the show out a little differently. Here in Nashville, they do something called a holler and a swallow. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I'm just a little y'all. Hey, y'all. A holler and a swallow. And uh, that's it. That's all I had.
2: Okay, so. everyone, yell Liberty and then drink <laughs> your beverage that you have in your hand right now. Okay. At 10 a.m. At 10 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Hey, this actual morning show on this beautiful well, Friday. Yeah. And oh, I believe we're going to go down and have ourselves a honky-tonking time tonight in Nashville. That's going to be a good time there, man. We go out about once a year. Yep. Downtown. This this here is the time. We can't be out late because we got to get the kid Mm to bed. But um, it should be a fun time, man. Hey, this is Good Morning Liberty from Nashville, Tennessee. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meanings, man, every single day of the week when we want to. So if y'all are so inclined and you go smash that subscribe and follow button right now, do it while you still can before they take it away. I don't think they're going to do that, but we surely do appreciate it. Well, it's Dumb Bleep of the Week, everyone. That's where we talk about the dumbest stuff that happened over the previous seven calendar days. I say that because some of this goes about seven calendar days back. We couldn't cover it last week uh, on Friday. So anyway, we we get the vote. The people in the live group get the vote. They're going to tell us what the dumbest bleep of the week was. Those move on to the end of the year bracket challenge where we will crown the king or queen or they or whatever of dumb for the year of our yeah. Lord 2022. Yeah. So let's go on with... They, d- them, zers. Whatever you want to call it. Kings, totally fine. Queens, yeah. Here Exactly. This is
1: not exactly... Now, you've been keeping up with all the dumb bleats of the week for the end of the year bracket challenge,
2: right? Yes. Okay. I have uh, Making sure. Sure. I have all of them. Okay, this is not exactly a dumb bleep, but there was some good news that came out yesterday, uh, which is that Biden announced that he's going to be pardoning about 6,500 federal simple marijuana possession uh, convictions. And that's actually good news, just so you know. Could it be more? Yes. Could be a hell of a lot more. Uh, Well, more on that later. The problem is that came out kind of around the same time that other news came out yesterday which was that federal agents are saying that they have enough evidence to charge Hunter Biden with tax and gun purchase crimes. And those two things kind of came out around the same time yesterday. Isn't that weird? It is weird how that happens. All right before weekend. Costco
1: actually makes a really good point here. Ironically, they're in jail because of his crime bill.
2: Yeah. So
1: he's like, I put you in jail and I release you. Look how good I am. Yeah. Look at me and my
2: benevolence. The dumb part of this Here's the problem I have. I, while I'm happy for the 6,500 people here, that is a good thing. Those are both good news. The Hunter Biden thing, I will say, Charlie had the exact same reaction that I did, which is, really, it's going to be tax and gun crimes for Hunter Biden. Two things that I do not support him getting in trouble right. for because I don't support anyone getting in trouble for those things.
1: And two things he'll get a slap on the wrist for?
2: Like, really, he paid less taxes than he owed, and he lied to some people about getting the gun. And I don't think either one of those things should be a crime, but I I do want Hunter Biden to get in trouble for stuff. But where do yeah, your principles about, come down on this?
1: How about fraud in Ukraine? Yeah, how about that kind like of stuff? Fraud in, in foreign transactions. Like, what, what about those things?
2: We'll dig into that later. Like 40, 50 years from now, some kids with a podcast will be talking about how obvious all of this was the Ukraine war and how we got into a nuclear conflict and why so many uh, billions of people are dead. And they'll be talking about this whole Hunter Biden situation. And they'll probably. probably pull
1: up this show from the archives. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's what they'll be talking. See, GML. They warned about this. Or maybe we'll be super old at that time, pulling clips. So yeah. I don't know. Anyway, we told y'all 50 years ago about this. So these that come out at the same time. my impression of Nate. And I don't think that that's a coincidence that they came out at the same time. We'll, we'll say that. That slightly sickens me. I'll tell you why. One, clearly they're just trying to bury some of the news. The sickening part to me is that there are people that Biden is willing to pardon that he has been holding in what we call the strategic pardon reserve. And so now he has released some people from the Strategic Pardon Reserve, but there are a lot more people out there, and he knows that. And what is the principle behind releasing these 6,500 convictions? I don't know if the people are currently in prison or if they just have the convictions on the records. I don't know what all is going on with specifically with all those. What's the principle behind it? The principle is that this should not be illegal. There's already a lot of states that have legalized this. This shouldn't be illegal. Federal government's gonna come in and uh, pardon these people.
1: Are these the 6,500 that Kamala
2: prosecuted? No, because uh, those would be state. (laughs) These are federal. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So that's one of the problems. As the president, he's got the power to pardon all of them. And so if the principle is that this, we're going to legalize, this shouldn't be legal, uh, we're going to wipe off all the federal convictions, um, then the principle would lead you to pardon more of them. But... I guess you don't want to release all of these strategic pardon reserve at the same time because you got to hold on to them. You got to hold yeah, on to have in your pocket. You don't. Yeah, you got to have them for later news releases that they come prob-
1: out. They probably came up with this when he was running for president. Yeah, like, look, put this in your pocket, and when we need to use it, we'll use it. It's the SPR. Yeah,
2: strategic l- pardon reserve. That's yeah. genius. <laughs> nice. I haven't heard anyone else say that. That popped in my mind this morning, and I was so proud of it. Mm. But anyway, go, go to Twitter and like it. At Good A.M. Liberty. This situation is dumb bleep number one. Now, they also mention in here, uh, by the way, we'll get into more of the Hunter Biden stuff next week. We're just doing dumb bleep right now. This is the situation. And there are several news stories out saying that the pardons don't cover the people that Kamala Harris has had convicted or all of the other ones. And he could easily do all of this at, at the same time. He could do all of them right now. But he's not. They're in reserve for later. With a stroke of a pen. hmm That's all he's got to do. So let's move on to, that's Stumble bleep number one, by the way. the um, I, That's just standard PR stuff. Something bad comes out, and so you try to flood it with something else that people are going to think is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the sickening part is that he's literally holding people in the reserve for stuff like that. Which is disgusting. It, it's pretty gross to me. Okay, the next one. Now, this happened, I believe, on Friday of last week. When this happened, this is Kamala Harris talking about how they could use the disaster relief funds uh, for Hurricane Ian. And everyone's heard this whole thing. Everyone's talked about it plenty since then. And so we were going to skip over it because it's been a solid week. But yesterday I saw uh, Twitter fact checks at the top of my thing about her statements being taken out of context. And so... For they that reason, do anything for these people, for that reason, uh, we will play her clip and then we will talk about it because they just decided to do this fact check yesterday.
0: I know we are all thinking about the families in Florida, in Puerto Rico, with Fiona, um, in, in and what we need to do to help them in terms of an immediate response and aid, but also what we need to do to help restore communities and build communities back up in a way that they can be resilient, not to mention adapt to these extreme weather conditions, which are part of the future. Um, on the point that you made about disparities, you know, when I was back when I was District Attorney of San Francisco. I was elected in 2003. I started one of the first environmental justice units of NEDA's office in the country focused on this issue. And in particular on the disparities as you have described rightly, which is that it is our um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and and impacted by, by Issues that are not of their own making. And, oh, so we, absolutely. and so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we, we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place. And if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities um, and, and do that work.
1: God. Okay. My favorite part there is when she mentions I started the first environmental <laughs> like whatever branch of a district attorney's office.
2: Well, good for you. So, Charlie, what would you take away from that statement that she just made? Oh, I want to think as
1: the headline says there. I mean, disaster relief should be based on race. Yeah. The the minority communities that that are affected more, they should get more money. Unfortunately, we Charlie, should use you're-
2: these disasters to build equity, unfortunately, Charlie, you're wrong about that. that's not what she meant That's not oh. what she said at all. Hmm. Uh, so if you you know want to go through some of this fact check um, <laughs> you can go through right. this from the it was from The Associated Press that was the first article that they were linking to on this Twitter fact check so uh, it's actually right in here we didn't I didn't pull it into the show notes.
1: so the headline was that um, essentially Kamala Harris was misunderstood
2: yeah. Taken yeah. out of context. Taken out of context. Yeah.
1: So the claim Vice President Kamala Harris said that Hurricane Ian relief should be distributed based on race, with communities of color receiving aid first. Here's the AP's assessment false. During a conversation with actress Priyanka Chopra, Priyanka Chopra Jonas at the Democratic National Committee's Women's Leadership Forum, what's a woman? <laughs> this is kind of strange. <laughs> In Washington on Friday, Harris spoke about distributing resources equitably to help vulnerable groups such as low-income communities and communities of color recover from disasters related to climate change. She did not describe the structure that would be used to allocate aid to victims of the recent hurricane. Now, so because she did, (laughs) she didn't describe how it would be doled out specifically. Yeah. Okay.
2: She did not say that there was actually an exact plan in place to divide the money out by the communities of color or by race or, or equity at all, since she didn't specifically lay out a plan that they were going to do that. Then it's been taken out of context. Yeah. Just so you know, there's a little bit more because this is an important line in the fact check. It says that her comments have been taken out of context. Now that is probably true. And what they mean by that is that they're, have been some people online that have taken this further than what Kamala Harris stated. And so it is true that some people online have taken what she said out of context, that they went a little bit too far, and they throw in a couple of uh, ridiculous examples.
1: So here's the facts. In the aftermath of Hurricane Ian, widespread social media posts mischaracterize Harris' comments, claiming that she said communities of color will be prioritized in the distribution of storm relief, a Facebook video, which features a clip of Harris discussing the importance of giving communities particularly vulnerable to climate change, a fair share of resources alleged quote, Kamala Harris tells hurricane victims in Florida. They may not get aid because of their skin color. The video was viewed more than 211,000 times.
2: That's true. She did not say that you might not get aid because of your skin color. So that was in fact. I guess, taken out of context, it's not a true statement. She didn't say that she alluded to in her perfect world. That is what she would like to happen. That
1: we should use these crises as a place to build equity.
2: Now that part really bothered me because you imagine what happened, a bunch of towns get leveled and everyone kind of starts from nothing at that point after a town gets leveled. It's because hurricanes have levels. Yes. And they come through and they're safer than you think. They level things. And at that point, what she's saying is, well, this is our opportunity to go into this community and build up other races, prioritizing over others to give a leg up and to give equity now that everything's just been leveled out for everyone.
1: Because the privileged people will be fine.
2: They'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. But you take this opportunity now that they've been knocked down also to push to prop up this other segment of the community. Mm -hmm. It's kind of gross. It is. It is. Uh, Some more
1: facts here. Kamala Harris just said that hurricane funds will go to people of color first claimed a tweet that had more than 28,000 likes. Quote, how about focusing on the communication that they that that are communities? I'm sorry, communities that are the most affected. I am so sick of this racist crap. The post referred to Harris response to multi part question from Chopra Jones about Hurricane Ian aid and then separately long term efforts related to climate change. Separately, mm-hmm. so they're doing that for her, by the way, it's really, Which, if you watch the clip, there was nothing separate about any of it.
2: It's pretty great. How these fact-checking organizations just come to the rescue all the time of a specific group of people, you know, like it's their job yeah. to come in for the, for the regime and fact-check stuff and make sure that they don't look as bad as they would otherwise. That's dumb number two. Speaking of this whole situation, dumb number three is a fact check from PolitiFact. Now, we have seen a lot of videos go around. We posted one of, did you guys know that in the elections where Republicans won, especially since 2001, Democrats have actually objected in the House to the electors being certified and they have claimed that there, was, that there were stolen elections, and that there was fraud, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. And we've seen a lot of videos going around, playing all of these people talking about these things, saying that the election was stolen. And so now, after all of this, PolitiFact needs to come out and say that the U.S. House Democrats made objections to election results in 2001, 05, 17, when the losing candidate had already conceded. They were mostly symbolic measures, (laughs) those objections. Yeah. The losing candidate had already conceded. Not attacks on democracy, symbolic measures. But they still they rate the claim that House Democrats have objected to presidential electors being certified as mostly true. How is it mostly true? Seems like it was true. That is completely true. Yeah. Like, they say in the fact check that these people objected to electors being certified, and they rate that claim as mostly true when in their fact check they say, yeah, Democrats have objected to electors being certified.
1: Well, in my experience, Nate, how I felt about the situation Mm -hmm. is that they may have made objections, but in my experience, the candidate had already conceded the loss and it was just a, a moment of embrace for my fellow brethren and sister and solidarity. It was a moment of solidarity of symbolicness, Mm -hmm. good symbolism (laughs) of, the sister and and brethren.
2: So they decide to re- Amen. they decide to read or write the intent into what those people were doing 20 years ago. They've decided what those people's intent was at that time. It was pure symbolism just, that they were objecting.
1: Just like Hillary Clinton had no intent yes. with her emails, but Trump had all the intent. They're very good at dis- at discerning this intent yep. intentions. So
2: All right, that's dumb bleep number three, that PolitiFact fact check. Now, don't worry, everyone, we're not just a whole bunch of Trump apologists because Donald Trump is in here for dumb bleep number four. So we're going to play a video clip from him. Here we go. I remember a very famous pollster, very well-known, John McLaughlin came to my office just prior to the play coming in. He said, sir, if
1: George Washington and Abraham Lincoln came alive from the dead and they formed a president-vice-president president team, you would beat them by 40%. That's how good our numbers were.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. If George Washington and Abraham Lincoln formed a president-vice-presidential ticket, you would beat them by 40%, <laughs> sir. That is how good your are. You didn't even beat Biden! <laughs>
1: god God. i miss him i miss him too
2: (laughs) i don't think i have that clip in here anymore i miss
1: these
2: oh wait i do i said i need to
1: needed to (laughs) my predecessor oh god i miss him (laughs) it's so good it seems so genuine when he says that too i know (laughs) my predecessor oh god i miss him
2: Listen, I just miss them. Their numbers, like, first off, let's just take this practically for a minute. Was he
1: speaking about the numbers among Hispanics?
2: Their numbers are not, I see it's at a Hispanic leadership conference. Their numbers didn't have George Washington and Abraham Lincoln on the polls when they were running the numbers. (laughs) Right. So, first off, you have no clue whether or not you beat those people. So, that's completely ridiculous. I mean, just imagine the Washington, George Washington. Running, well, he then, comes back from the dead. That is amazing. First <laughs> off, okay, now that is a feat. And you wouldn't think Jesus Himself raised Washington
1: up from the dead to lead America S- someone back.
2: Someone raised him back from the dead, yeah. and that is a miracle, <laughs> in its own light, right there. And the guy decides to run for president again. And you're telling me Trump would beat him by forty percent? George Washington, he'd beat him Washington, by forty percent. Washington. Gosh. But
1: look, if you didn't think Trump was a narcissist before, <laughs> the guy is a narcissist. He is. The self-grandizement that he has, the grandiose, so much so that he would beat Washington and Lincoln. <laughs> I mean, Washington, the guy they wanted to make king in the seventeen late 1700s, they tried to convince him to be president yeah, forever.
2: By this time, he'd be way too old. It's okay. All oh. right, let's move on. That was number four. Let's go to number five. Number five goes to this. Have you seen the stuff going on with Kanye West or the artist? For- I think he's artist, broke
1: again, so he's... Artist formerly known. He's broke again, so
2: he's using these PR stunts. What is it, ye? Yee? Yeah. Yee? 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 Mm-hmm. I mean, Kanye, so is it ye? Yee? But Yeezy? Yeezy, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeezy, Yeezy? Yezy. Yeah. Well, listen, maybe that part's not so important, but the people...
1: West. Can we just call him West?
2: You see the picture here on the screen of him going to an event wearing a White Lives Matter shirt. Mm. White Lives Now that is a disgusting statement. (laughs) 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 Yeah, Yeah. we got some responses here, Charlie, from Mark Lamont Hill, the first one.
1: He tweets out the picture and says, Kanye West decision to wear a white lives matter shirt is disgusting, dangerous and irresponsible and churlish. (laughs) I added that
2: last. insubordinate.
1: Yeah. Some of y'all will rush to defend him. You should ask yourselves why. Well, why
2: Why? go go on to the article Charlie here. So
1: he continues long slide into fascism by wearing white lives matter shirts. So. Kanye is sliding mm-hmm. downhill into fascism, by the way. West is pandering to proponents of the great replacement theory, which <laughs> continues to inspire mass violence.
2: Sorry, Costco posted a picture, said white lives matter, in the bottom of it said, Ex- except for Pete Davidson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Good stuff. Okay.
2: Um, there's an article associated with this one here, Charlie, about why this is so terrible. From okay. consequence.net.
1: I don't know if I have this. Oh, here we, here we are. Okay. So West wore a white lives matter sweater at a surprise. Yeezy fashion show on Monday, page six reports, um, continuing his long and troubling flirtation with fascist politics. Now you notice they couldn't say racist here because <laughs> he's black. So they had to use fascist. He's still racist. Mm-hmm. White lives matter is classic propaganda. As uh, Peter discussed in his 2019 book, This Is Not Propaganda, writing about Putin's information tactics in the last decade. God, this article is going to be... Shirt. This uh, is just like
2: Putin. <laughs> it's, God. Can we get a J6 in here somewhere?
1: <laughs> I'm Please. sure it's coming. Jesus. Putin's information t- t- tactics in the last decade, he wrote, quote, But every time the opposition would protest, the regime would bring in its own counter-protests. They wore the same masks and bore the same torches, matching the original protest symbol. For symbols, this is designed to confuse low-information voters.
2: <laughs> the low-information voters would be black
1: people, <laughs> <laughs> and they're the race. Like, who's the racist? If protesters and counter-protesters all seem the same, then it's easier to dismiss legitimate grievances. But White Lives Matter goes beyond co-opting the language of Black Lives Matter and should be read as an escalation over the previous counter-protest All Lives Matter. Propaganda propaganda normalizes violence, and inherent in the phrase White Lives Matter is is the suggestion. So listen to this right here. Inherent in the phrase White Lives Matter is the suggestion that white lives are not currently valued. With this, Wes joins the Fox News-led conversation around the Great Replacement, which has directly motivated mass killings. (laughs) There are plenty of other modern artists who subscribe to many of the same ideas from those who participated in the Jan (laughs) Six insurrection to the violent outburst of Ted Nugent.
2: How are we going to talk about Ted Nugent? Dude's got cat scratch fever. Come on.
1: But none of them command the same audience that Ye does. Ye. Does a better comparison might be Salvador Dali or Dali, whose support for fascist parties alienated his fellow fellow artists and many people in his international audience. But Yay is different than all of them because he is a billionaire. With his resources, ideas can become policy. This is dangerous. So yeah. we got what? What all did we get here? Fascist, Putin, information tactics, Jan Six. And then they do a good job here. They got the great, great replacement theory. Great replacement theory, and they do a good job here of of countermeasuring. Like what they're trying to do is discredit Mm -hmm. the counter protesters by saying, "Oh, well, you are just trying to steal like our idea and confuse people." If there
2: is a counter protest, it's
1: propaganda. Yes. Yeah. Meaning, like you don't have a legitimate claim. Mm -hmm. It would be like. Like, if I sue Nate and then Nate countersues me, it's like the simple fact that he countersued me delegitimizes his claim, which is not true in the least, by the way. So it's like they're basically they're doing a good job of being like, yeah, well, you don't have any reason to counter protest. Like what you're protesting doesn't that's not. No,
2: it's actually classic. I mean, we mentioned narcissism a lot, but that behavior of going on the attack and then when the other person tries to defend themselves for having a kind of counter argument, then you invalidate whatever their argument is mm-hmm. because they're a terrible person. And you blame them. Now, I, I would just subscribe to, I know that there's the Black Lives Matter shirt and so a White Lives Matter. Listen, those are both true statements. We could just have a shirt that says Lives Matter and you can put whatever race you want to put before it and they're all true statements. It's totally fine. Yeah, whatever you want to do. That's why, I'd like, to, to we, save money, you could just do all lives matter, and it would encompass all of those things.
1: We should make a shirt though that says y'all, comma lives matter. Y'all lives matter, man. <laughs> I like it. Or you all, you all lives matter. It's you all, all y'all's, all y'all's lives matter.
2: Hey, we're gonna go to a sports. Listen, we're Cowboys fans. I had to throw it in here just for fun while we're talking about racism. I know we're going to spend two seconds on this. Don't worry. All right. I just had to do it. It's got to be a dumb bleep because I've been waiting for this to happen this entire time. I know a lot of you are not going to care about this whatsoever, but this is for me and Charlie to laugh about. There's been this thing going on with Dallas Cowboys. Their backup quarterback came in. Dak Prescott went out. All right. Backup quarterback. Super white. Like ginger. Like like the red hair. He's a as wide as you can be without being an albino honestly mm-hmm. like it's as wide as you can be and so since people are thinking that Cooper Rush who is 3 and 0 this 3 and O this year 4 and 0 as a starter should maybe stay in and Dak Prescott who Charlie and I have not liked probably because of racism for a little bit now uh should not come back in that means that you that, that was you, a joke by the way you would only that think, didn't catch it. you would only think that Cooper Rush should stay in because you're a racist. And in this picture, if you're listening, it says Cooper Rush is better than Dak Prescott in quotation marks, and the photo is a picture of a bunch of KKK members. And so that's who would say that, are those people. And that's the only reason you would think that. No other reason. Not
1: stats, games won, no, no, nothing like that. Completion percentage.
2: Nothing at all. Just racism. Just because you're basically a KKK member. Now that's specifically for me and Charlie and whoever are sports fans out there, And especially Dallas Cowboys fans, we worked that out as a really quick dumb bleep for number six. Okay, now we got the Elon Musk thing from this week and a couple Nina Turner things have been. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. You know, sometimes we all get stuck in this cycle of only focusing on the problems we face instead of finding ways to solve those problems. We deal with a lot of that on this show. Of course, we talk politics every single day. It's a bunch of people upset about problems, and hardly anyone is talking about real solutions. That gets all of us stuck in this negative cycle that's tough to get out of. I've been able to get out of this cycle in the past because I chose to go to therapy. Just like everyone, I've had tons of problems to work through in the past, and talking to someone that really helped me focus on the right things, I got out of the problem cycle and into the problem-solving cycle. If you think you could benefit from therapy, I recommend trying BetterHelp. It's convenient, affordable, and accessible entirely online so you can get matched with a therapist after filling out a quick survey and you can even switch therapists at any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com/gml today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com/gml. By the way, Twitter going back down again. I've revised my previous statements. The, the point is you have no clue whether or not Elon Musk actually wants to get Twitter right now. Um, my newest theory is that he still does not want Twitter. And maybe we'll talk about that later next week. Uh, but anyway, Charlie, if you want to go through here. All right.
1: So uh, Elon tweets and Nina Turner's on it twice here. He tweets buying Twitter is an accelerant to creating X the everything app. So it looks like he's hinting at a new idea here, mm-hmm. the everything app called X. So Nina quotes it and says, hello, antitrust laws, question mark. And then she replies and says, monopolies are bad, M.K., yeah. actually. No, she doesn't say M.K., but she says monopolies are bad, actually.
2: So, so. what's first off, you got to figure out what the monopoly is. She has no idea what the monopoly is. Now, he says everything app. Well, Elon Musk is going to own everything. I guess so. He's going to own everything. I just like how he hasn't done any of it. He doesn't even have Twitter. But she's already talking about antitrust laws and about monopolies. He doesn't even have Twitter. And if he did have Twitter, they still wouldn't be the only social media platform out there. Yeah. Now, I know you think that's where the dumb ends. But she also (laughs) reposted this right here. Uh, says Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, nor Mark Zuckerberg should have this much wealth, power, and influence. Break up big tech. It's got a picture of Bezos, Musk, and Zuckerberg.
1: Three of them.
2: And I don't, <laughs> I don't know if she knows this, but those are three separate dudes. The three separate companies that have, th- that have separate companies. Yeah, and then there's more than she just those three. She put a picture. Of three separate guys that have separate companies. None of them have companies together. They're all separate. And it says break up big tech.
1: And they're in competition with each other. They're in competition. <laughs> <laughs> Musk even trolls Bezos on Twitter. Oh <laughs> man. Give him second place medals.
2: So let's stay on the Elon Musk here for a minute still with Dumbled Number Seven, Public Citizen.
1: This is, uh, this is all part of seven. This is
2: all number seven right now. Uh, All right. (laughs) Go ahead.
1: Uh, so (laughs) public citizen posts a picture of Elon Musk blocking them and, uh, they tweet and says, is this your quote free speech King? So because
2: someone chooses not to talk to you, it's, it's anti-free speech, anti-free speech. Tell me you don't know what free speech is without telling me you don't know what free speech they is. They sound like a MAGA, Republican <laughs> there, public citizen. Ugh. I mean, they clearly have no understanding of what free speech actually is. Uh, you can be free to listen to people or not listen to people. People should be free to say whatever they want. They don't have to be free to say it to you. you public don't citizen have to listen. Public citizen can still post about Elon Musk on their Twitter page if they want to, but he doesn't have to listen to them. And they and, still have free speech.
1: And if he actually did buy Twitter, he probably wouldn't ban your account. Probably not. You could say whatever no. you wanted. You could say anything you wanted about him.
2: Okay, so that's a bunch of dumb Elon Musk stuff for number seven right there. Not Elon Musk being dumb. Charlie. Oh, my
1: God. I saw this.
2: I put it in here because I Jesus. thought you might have a word yeah. to say. Um, I don't know what the context of why this was posted in the Dumbleep channel, but this is a thing
1: this is getting so out of hand.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You can start it. Okay. Here's uh, from the queerpedia. Queer, queerpedia. Trans autistic is a term. Tran- Trans autism. Trans autism is a transabled identity. Referring to someone who desires or feels the need to neurologically acquire a form of autism or to a neurological non-autistic individual who internally feels autistic or feel that they should be autistic, but do not recognize and symptoms of autism and do not necessarily desire to become neurologically autistic. (sighs)
1: At this point, I feel bad for these people.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I I truly do. Like, at this point, it's gone so out of control that I feel horrible that these people need attention so badly. So badly that they want to take on any form necessary just to get the attention that they so desire. Because as humans, we need attention and affection and love. And I feel as if these people are so unloved and get so little attention that they will come up with anything at all. Build whole websites about it. Come up with a new flag, (laughs) new terms. It's like their mission statement. They have a history resources just so you can be, you, you feel like you belong to some kind of group and you can get attention and resources. It's just, it is so wild to me.
2: I do like the, I like the direction you went with it. It is actually sad because it's sad. These, there's something these people are missing, and there's something clearly uh, wrong with the uh, foundation of their mental behavior. There's something wrong, and it's not autism. It's so not, no. It, it's not that. That's, the, that's something that it's not. I mean, Charlie. If you don't mind me bringing it up, your, your son is autistic. Yes. Talk about it. Mm -hmm. Imagine someone who is not autistic deciding to identify as autistic (laughs) because Uh. they want to be autistic or they feel like they're autistic, even though they show no symptoms of autism at all. Yeah. And then guess what? I know this sounds crazy. Uh, but it's not mark our words right now. Eventually you'll have to treat those people like they're autistic and you'll have to let them do all of the, uh, auti- yeah, you know, an IEP or, or whatever it is because they identify as autistic, even if they're not. How does that make you feel? Just asking personal question here in front of thousands of people Yeah. as the father of a autistic child.
1: I mean, part of me is like, part of me is angry thinking it's a mockery um, of, of people who actually, I mean, it's not that autism is a bad thing, but the truth is, is that, you know, as it as having a son with autism, they struggle in certain areas of what we would consider normal life or neurotypical life. Now I don't think my son's differences make him um, any less valuable, right. Or, or to society or anything like that. In fact, I think, A lot of it is uh, strengths and will be strengths for him. Um, But to to have someone or to have a group of people who want to identify this way, because I, I think most of me feels legitimately bad for folks that need something like that. And so like you want, as a kid, I guess you want, you want to have the teacher's aid and you want to ride the the short bus. So you have an aide on there and mm-hmm. you want, you know, to have somebody help you with your meals and you want breaks and timeouts and, st- you know, stimulus yeah, and all of those things. Um, and not only that, but you like, you want to, you know, not communicate with people very well <laughs> because you don't, can't find the words to say.
2: If you're doing something that you yeah. want to do, you want people to allow you to keep doing that as long as you want to, for fear that you're going to, really upset when yeah. you, when they stop. Well, it's you, not really a fear, it you know, it
1: actually happens.
2: Yeah. You know? Um, I mean it's a fear because of, because it happens. I mean,
1: yeah. And you get, you're constantly overwhelmed and overstimulated because your brain is firing uh, so many thoughts at the same time that you can't, you actually can't handle it. Yeah. That you start stimming. That's what happens. I mean, my son gets so like overwhelmed or excited about something. That he literally can't control his movements. It's called stimming because his brain is being, his brain's like, Oh, I'm in overdrive. Like it's your computer with all the apps open at the same time, all (laughs) running at high speed and your computer is like, Oh, just going to need to shut down. It's trying to figure out what, like, so I don't know this, this bothers me in a different way. Um, not that I, like, I'm not trying to say that people are trying to appropriate autism or anything like that, which they are, but, um, but it's more, it comes from a place of sadness.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: It it truly does. And, um, I, I, I don't know. I wish I could offer these people an encouraging word well, that they are, that they, that they have a
2: lot of value. Staying in number eight from this identify, ident, identification of however it is that you feel or that you want to be treated, well... We'll bridge this over to another story from the Daily Wire. Uh,
1: and uh, Costco's right here. It's overstimulation of the brain. It could be one or the other. It could be under-stimulation too. So there's there's some that are sensory-seeking because they need stimulation because there's not enough going on. And there's others who are sensory-avoidant because – and they, and autistic folks can go through both phases – you know, there are times where Parker needs some stimulating activities because there's nothing going on. And so now his brain's on the other side of the spectrum. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like there's not enough going on. So he seeks stimulus. And then other times where he's overstimulated, he seeks uh, a break. So um, and, and all of that is uncontrollable, by the way. Now, there are techniques you can use to manage those. But it it would be similar to, you know, learning how to manage your emotions. Right. Like people can get angry and, you know go shoot up a (laughs) mall or you can get angry and regulate yourself. It's I, for me, what I've learned so far, it seems similar to that. You learn techniques to regulate something that you can't control. Um, so it's either sensory seeking or sensory avoidant and those can happen in different categories. So like Parker is very sensory avoidant when it comes to like feeling things but he's very sensory seeking when it comes to uh, bright lights and stuff, which can be completely opposite for another autistic individual. So the very unique situations for those and you know, Parker was diagnosed at three. So it's not like, you know, the signs were there. Um, And it's not that I'm just see. I'm trying to figure out how to word this because I don't want to say it's a burden because it's not a burden. But it, it it does make life more difficult. It's different than it would if you had because well, because society is set up for neurotypical people. Because it's obviously set up, because it's
2: set up by mostly neurotypical people. Well
1: that and ninety eight percent of society is neurotypical. Yeah. Like we, we like have most this,
2: things being right handed.
1: Right. We have this understanding amongst each other. It's like a, it's like self-evident and we can trust one another because of the way society was built up because we all behave similarly. Now the, because we, ha- we behave in a neurotypical fashion, those that are neuro neurodivergent, the world doesn't fit their natural tendencies and it doesn't make what they do wrong. It's just, it's harder to fit in. So, and see, and I think that's why I feel bad for these people yeah. because they feel like they don't belong or they don't fit in. They may be neurologically typical, but something inside them is, is missing. And I think it's really just a lack of encouragement and attention.
2: I think and, they want attention and special treatment Yeah, that's what they want. Yep. And they victimize themselves. All right. Continuing on this topic a little bit, girls volleyball team. A Vermont high school is cracking down after female students complained about a transgender student in their locker room, and the school's solution is to ban the girls from their (laughs) locker room. The
1: controversy arose. Help us all.
2: Controversy arose when a transgender teammate allegedly made remarks that some of the others on the team that made some of the others on the team uncomfortable. The school informed parents via email that officials were investigating claims that the girls had harassed their transgender teammate. But in the interim, the transgender student is still allowed to use the locker room while the others have been relegated to a single stall bathroom to change one at a time. It's noted that none of the girls on the team have taken issue with playing alongside the transgender student or even that the student or others who are still biologically male using or even them using the female restrooms. Their sole issue was in sharing a locker room where often they were all changing clothes together. According to the Vermont Agency of Education, transgender students should not be forced to use the bathroom or locker room that does not conform to their gender identity. Quote, the use of restrooms and locker rooms by transgender students requires schools to consider numerous factors. The Agency of Education reads, a transgender student should not be required to use a locker room or restroom that conflicts with the student's gender identity.
1: It's not about your kids, folks. They're not coming after your kids. They're, they're not trying to do any of that stuff. It's
2: it's ridiculous. It's if insane. I were the team, I would just quit, honestly. Yeah. That's what I would do. All right. Well, let's move on to something else here. A uh, little bit of stuff about gas is going to encompass the administration and Gavin Newsom a little bit. We'll start off with Peter Ducey asking Corinne Jean Pierre about gas prices and her response. Surprised they haven't banned this guy from the White House yet. I, I, I am, too. Yeah, for sure.
3: Uh, Loved ones. And so that's what you're going to see uh, again tomorrow. And also, you saw that yesterday in in Puerto Rico.
1: Thanks, Green. You've said the president was responsible for gas prices coming down. Is the president responsible for gas prices going up?
3: So... It's a lot more nuance than that, right? Um, Peter, you know this. Uh, there have been global challenges that we have all have de- dealt with. When I say all, meaning other countries as well, have dealt with since the pandemic. There's been pandemic, and there's been uh, Putin's war. And Putin's war uh, has uh Increase gas prices at the pump. We have seen that over the past several months. And what the president was able to do, uh, he took some historic steps. When you think about the Strategic Petroleum Reserve and making sure that he, we were able to do everything that we can to bring that cost down uh, for American families, give them a little bit more of a breathing room. And we saw that. We saw that every day this summer, uh, over a, uh, saving American families over a dollar per gallon and so that is what the president's going to continue to to stay focused on
2: okay so no <clears throat> he's not responsible for prices going no. up is the uh, answer to the it's, question uh,
1: the pandemic and putin
2: yes you get your peas in there now he was responsible for when they went down mm-hmm. i mean take a lot of you go back to his twitter and just search the word gas i don't know if everyone knows this on your phone when you go to someone's twitter page when you're on their page, you can go to the search bar at the top and search a word and it will search that person's page for the word. That's how people are so able to find past tweets so easily. Mm. So <clears throat> just go search gas or gas prices on yeah. Biden's Twitter. He was more than willing to take credit for them going down. But now, nothing can do about it. <laughs> Can't have friendlier uh, a friendly environment for people extracting mm. oil from the ground to mm. sell. That's not it. Putin's price hike. It's Putin's price hike once again. So we'll stay on gas for a minute, Gavin Newsom.
1: And also, by the way, there were all these articles about how much money Biden was going to save the American family. Save? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't remember how much it was, but
2: I was a uh, couple, couple hundred bucks a month. It, yeah. You got it was actually like getting a raise. CNN said <laughs> uh, that that gas price going down. It was, yeah. Um, Charlie, do uh, Gavin Newsom. It was a hundred dollar a month raise. That's right. Yeah.
1: All right, Gavin Newsom. Here are the facts. Crude oil prices are down, and yet gas prices are up. He tweeted this yesterday, by the way. That's because greedy oil companies are ripping you off. They are raking in record profits at your expense. I'm calling for a new tax on these corrupt oil companies to put money back in your pocket.
2: We'll take the first line. Here are the facts. Crude oil prices are down. One thing that bothers me is just how easy it is to lie these days because no one ever looks up anything. So and, I've
1: been, and project, by yes, the way,
2: yeah, yeah. So here are the facts: crude oil prices are down. Um, over the last ten days, crude oil prices have increased by eighteen point two five percent. Eighteen point two five percent. Now he says oil prices are down. What he means is that they're down from the peak. They're down from the peak, but. And the time that gas has been going up, since people realized that OPEC was going to be producing less, uh, gas has been moving up rather sharply since that time. And uh, 18% sharply over the last 10 days. Yesterday, he tweeted oil prices are down. They're up 18% in the last t- 10 days. All right, there's there's one part of dumb leap number nine. He also says gas prices are too high. Yesterday, he said this. 23 million Californians will be receiving up to $1,000 starting tomorrow. This will be the largest state tax rebate in the country. So now, yeah.
1: Think about this. They legitimately steal your money (laughs) against your will. Okay. And then they're going to give some of it back to you. And they're the hero.
3: It's, I mean, And, and the,
1: the, So the projection is unbelievable with these narcissists. They're able to spin it around and talk about how the oil companies are greedy. What about, is California not raking in record profits at your expense? Yeah. Like the ones who are legitimately raking in record revenue at your expense. Forcefully, by the way. And so they spin this whole thing around and then say, We're going to give you up to $1,000 that we stole from you. And look how great this is. Gas prices are too high. Don't forget gas prices are too high. And then we're going to give you some of the money back that we stole from you.
2: It's a nice quote from Thomas Sowell right here. The welfare state is the oldest con game in the world. First, you take people's money away quietly, and then you give some of it back to them flamboyantly. Thomas Sowell, Mm -hmm. one of the greats of all time, right yeah. there. That's exactly well, what he's they do. Well, he's an Uncle Tom, but... And all the while, by the way, you're going to give people more buying power to afford the expensive gas, which means there is no downward price pressure on the gas. So if the gas is costing them too much and you just give them more money because gas is so high, why would gas get cheaper? Why would it go down? Where would it go, Charlie? Up. Up. That's yeah. where it's going to go. Yeah.
1: The prices. Is- but this is going to make people feel good. Oh, uh, you know, God. For a little bit. I'm like, oh, my God, I got an extra $1,000. Lord you know, Jesus, help us. so wonderful.
2: Okay, number 10. Oh, God, I remember this. I did throw this one in um, just before we talk about the next thing, but which Elon Musk do you like more from um, Zelensky, one who supports Ukraine or one who supports Russia?
1: this is that false dichotomy we talked this about This
2: whole false choice right here. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are the only two options you either. If you think there should be a peace deal, then you support Russia. Now I, I, I get it. They invade and you say there should be a peace deal and you should give away some of your country to the country that invaded you. I, I get it. What if there are more options though? Like one who doesn't want nuclear war with hundreds of millions of dead people. What if that's another option? Okay. So that's that's one thing. Here's the thing with uh, Zelensky, and I believe they had to uh, clean this up some. Oh, crap, it went away. Uh, Zelensky did a speech the other day and basically said that the U.S. needed to preemptively strike Russia with Jesus. nukes. Jesus. Okay? Now, I could play the video for you, I guess, and it, it used to be up here, and now it's not anymore, uh, but it was in... Ukrainian to start with. So we would have just been reading it for you <laughs> anyway. Um, that's not a good idea, Charlie. No, let's just go out there it's and the we'll just strike a good him idea already. And so I don't, I don't have the video now, but yeah, he essentially says he calls on NATO to launch preemptive strikes against Russia to eliminate the possibility of a Russian nuclear strike. Now to eliminate the possibility, you would have to wipe Russia off the map because once they get hit with something, they're going to hit people with stuff. So what he means is the the whole place has to be wiped off the map. Everyone who could potentially hit the button needs to be killed, Mm. basically, and all the people too, anyone. Now they cleaned this up immediately afterwards and said that the president was speaking about the period before the invasion (laughs) and said that preventative measures should have been used at that time to prevent Russia from unleashing a war. And they said, I remind you that the only measure discussed at that time were preventative sanctions. So he was talking about sanctions when he mentioned the preemptive strike on Russia to make sure that they didn't use nukes. Jesus, help us. This is dangerous. Uh, Real, real dangerous. And this is all bleep number 10. I do like this Defiant L's. Uh, It's not actually from Defiant L's, but Joe Biden in 2020 said, you won't have to worry about my tweets when I'm president. But from yesterday... The Huffington Post. President Joe Biden says the risk of a nuclear Armageddon is at the highest level since the 1962 Cuban Missile Crisis.
1: Which, by the way, we were seconds. Just yesterday. We were seconds away from a nuclear war. Yeah. Like, literal nukes being rushed uh, launched from Cuba.
2: <sighs> okay, those are the... All right. That's well, all the dumb bleeps. Way to end on a high man, note. that got heavy there at the end, man. Now I... Yeah. What happened there? I feel it in my chest. Yeah. Honestly. Um, I told Lacey last night, I was like, you realize that we're actually really close to a nuclear conflict last night? She had no idea. She was upset about uh, Tom Brady and Giselle. <laughs> and yeah. And so let's go back through the dumb beliefs. Oh, there's a lot of slides in here. Who did that? Mm-hmm. Man. Uh, first one is the uh, media PR stunt, releasing people from the strategic pardon reserve uh, to get people off of the Hunter Biden potential charges coming up. And so that's all number one. Number two was the Kamala Harris' statements about the disaster relief being equitable and the fact check that just came out yesterday that was at the top of my Twitter page about how that was taken out of context, of course. The next one, number three, was a fact check about Democrats making objections to election results. It was mostly true, that statement. Not entirely true because they intended it to be symbolic. So it's only mostly true that they... Made objections to election results mm-hmm. uh, for number three, number four. Trump says <laughs> that he would beat a Washington Lincoln presidential ticket by forty percent.
1: Well, he didn't say that. Oh, a, famous, a pollster, a famous pollster did
2: allegedly said yeah. that. <laughs> Trump says a pollster said that. All right, number five, Kanye West, fascist, white supremacist, J six. Uh, all of those terrible things that there are out there uh, because of his White Lives Matter dangerous White Lives Matter shirt that he was wearing. Number six was just for me and Charlie. If you want Cooper Rush to play for the Cowboys, you're basically in the KKK, you dumb racist. Number seven, these responses to Elon Musk potentially getting Twitter like Nina Turner talking about antitrust and breaking up big tech and public citizen making fun of the free speech king because he blocked them. That's all number seven. Number eight is trans autism. Trans autism for number eight. Included in that is the girls' volleyball team being banned from their locker room. Number nine, all the stuff about gas prices from the White House, from Gavin Newsom, all those good things. And number 10, the president of Ukraine... Talking about a preemptive strike on Russia to prevent them from striking nuclearly. So there you go.
1: All right. Get your votes in y'all. The Those of you in the live group, because those listening on the podcast don't get to vote. Can't vote. So if you want to do that, go to join gml.com to get your vote in. Join gml.com. Just saw a couple new signups. So we appreciate y'all doing that. Share the show with a friend, a family member, or a foe. Leave us a rating and review. Subscribe to the show. Then go to godhatesfeds.com. Get you a t-shirt. Go to natescrashcourse.com. Just learn about the markets. And then, um, yeah, and yeah, do those things.
2: Do all those things. Join
1: gmail.com, godhatesfeds.com, natescrashcourse.com.
2: I'm running away with this. Prestige Worldwide. Trans autism and the girls volleyball locker room. Look at that. That is the winner. That's the Dunbley of the week. For Dumb Leap this week. All
1: right, y'all, do all those things like I said. We appreciate you being here. Thanks for supporting the show. We appreciate every single one of you. If you do all those things, then we'll be back again on Monday. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.
2: You know the rapidly rising, uh, um, uh, in with uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh,